0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Special Advising No Parent Left Behind. I'm your host, Mark Ingracia, and I have over 34 years of experience as a classroom teacher, parent coach, and advocate. This is a podcast for parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities, but welcomes everyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thanks so much for joining me. And if you like the show, please subscribe, like, comment, and tell your friends about it. Today's episode is about the significance of routines and presents five steps to creating an effective routine for your neurodiverse child and how to handle change. Routines and schedules can be keys to your child feeling comfortable in their day by knowing what to expect and what is expected of them. Following a consistent routine can be a game changer in home and at school and helping your child to develop coping skills can enable them to manage unexpected change. After that, stay tuned for a tip of the cap, your exceptional needs parenting tip, followed by your good news community share. Today's share is about a scientific breakthrough that is enabling a paralyzed man to walk. And for some extra help to inform your journey, visit the resource page of my website at specialedrising.com. Now, let's get ready to get organized for another win. I believe we can all benefit from a routine, but granted it isn't for everyone. I know it helps me, but doesn't necessarily work as smoothly for a friend of mine. This person, an adult with ADHD, said it depends on her energy and focus that allows for success in following a routine and accomplishing the tasks set out on it. And this is something that may vary in your child, but I believe it's worth the attempt to create and put into action a scheduled routine especially for children with high anxiety and an inability to transition well. When working with neurodiverse kids, I have found a lot of success when it comes to establishing routines, daily tasks that are predictable and concrete. Routines help to give a sense of place, comfort, and reduce stress and anxiety as a result of that predictability. And when something happens that is unexpected, if we build coping skills into the practice of routines, these unpredictable occurrences become less impactful meaning that you actually purposefully build in a change in the routine on different occasions once you've established the practice of successfully following one with regularity. I'll speak to that later, but first, let's talk about routines. If you have experienced the challenge of change as a neurotypical individual and have at least a functional understanding of its meaning, we know that change happens constantly, sometimes on a dime, and it can throw us off. Now imagine a neurodiverse individual who has difficulty understanding when what's expected to occur suddenly doesn't. Coping skills for these individuals may not be developed enough to accept it. And because of this, their reactions to change may be quite strong and need more attention, mindfulness on your part, and acceptance of that state of mind in your child. I really like this quote from Carla Pretorius, a registered counselor with the an MA in psychology, She's the co-founder of AIMS Global and Leadership. She says, each person is dealing with their truth. Now this is me saying, you have your truth and your child has theirs. The gift we give to our children is understanding of who they are and not trying to make them into something they're not, will not be, and have no reason to be other than who they are. From the National Autistic Society, reality to an autistic person is a confusing interacting massive events, people, places, sounds, and sights. Some autistic children have trouble with planning, so having a rigid routine or ritual helps comfort them and relieves feelings of stress and anxiety. Creating visual routine schedules can help organize a child's day and give them prior knowledge of what to expect. This is intended to help reduce anxieties and stress when transitioning from one activity to another. Starting with first, then templates is a terrific way to introduce routines these succession of events. A visual schedule can then be introduced which can identify the entire day. This could be reviewed the night before, or each night, to prepare your child from the moment they wake up. In an article on SpecialTomato.com about routines, it states that, by offering consistent cues that alert the child that a transition will soon be taking place, the child is gently signaled that a familiar change is about to take place. We all like to feel that we have some control and autonomy in the flow of our lives. Children are no different. Following a familiar transition routine every day, the chances of meltdowns and power struggles are decreased. When we talk about dealing with change, strategies for change, we want to focus first on preparedness. To the best of your ability, it's always the best first step when dealing with change. It is incredibly helpful if you are aware of any change to routine be it a special trip, a holiday, a teacher change, a trip to the store, etc. When you're in the know, then you can present the change ahead of time. There are resources to help with this. You can use icons or pictures to help explain the changes. If you have a routine chart, you can replace the picture of a daily routine with the change that will be happening. So if you know what's going to be happening, you can show your child, today this isn't going to happen, Today we're not going to be going to lunch with grandma, but today we're going to be doing this. And you can replace and show that change and prepare your child ahead of time. You can create a social story that explains an event that will be taking place to prepare your child when the time comes. You might want to visit locations that will be interrupting the routine. Say if you're going to the doctor or the dentist. Either in person or on the web, you can introduce the physical location and then talk about what you'll be doing there. I worked with a parent who told me they visited the parking lot of a doctor's office several times prior to an appointment to get their child accustomed to it so it wasn't foreign to them. I mentioned earlier about introducing change into your daily routines once they've been established. The Autism Awareness Center lays it out beautifully. It recommends doing these things to prepare your child to learn to be flexible. Learning to be flexible can be practiced in a number of ways. Start with small changes. Introduce. Enough of a change to give an achievable challenge, but not too much that it causes a person to feel overwhelmed and want to disengage. A few ideas for introducing change are change the routine order occasionally. Swap a visual around on the visual schedule. Example, change the day for a certain activity. Making these changes can also be used to make a choice. Being able to choose is another important life skill and something we do daily. Next, make a physical change. This could be changing the location of a piece of furniture or where an object is in the room. Next, introduce a new activity into the routine. There may be a struggle when this is introduced initially and engagement time is shorter. Consider putting this change into the visual schedule. Next, prepare for those unexpected moments. Things in life don't always go to plan, but that doesn't mean it has to be a disaster. Create intentional challenges for regular activities that can help teach the skills needed to respond to the challenges and become more flexible when things don't go according to plan. For example, set the table, but forget a utensil. Give the wrong item. This can also encourage the asking for help skill. And last, explain what is happening. Sometimes the reason for rigid behavior is because a person doesn't understand what's going on around them take the time to explain other people's actions and the reasons for them. Again, Carla Pretorius explains, once you have a visual schedule, you can add a surprise activity or what's next into your child's schedule. Each person in the house can take a turn to choose an activity during this time. We want to keep these fun and exciting while continuously increasing our child's ability to manage changes, thus working on them being more flexible to change. One really lovely strategy for managing transitions is to consider making enjoyable activities available during transition times. A transition box containing a number of different activities could keep the person focused during these times, making an unstructured time frame much more structured. Almost in every instance where I begin working with a new family, the first thing we focus on is routine and scheduling their child's days. Many parents understandably struggle with the chaos that can come with meltdowns, tantrums, and ritualistic obsessive behaviors that are the result of their child trying to manage or control the world but without guardrails. Imagine teetering on a fence with nothing to grab onto and feeling the panic. This could be the experience of many neurodiverse individuals. Factoring in sensory needs and understanding if your child has them will provide a fuller picture of how to approach helping to organize their world. I promote a five point plan for creating an effective routine. First, keep the routine simple. Use clear language through pictures or pictures and words. Two, be consistent. Follow through using the same routine every day or as closely as possible. This is critical. The only way any plan to change behaviors can truly work is if you are consistent and patient with doing the same things over and over again. Third, Review the routine daily with your child until it begins to become second nature. This preparation will relax your child and help them to feel a sense of place instead of feeling like they are flailing for something to hold on to. Four, if needed, incorporate a reward system. There's nothing wrong with building in a reward system to reinforce a routine success in the early stages. This plan will want to include a phasing out period so intrinsic rewards can provide enough positive feedback. And fifth, Engage in positive language. It's easy to lose sight of how we speak to one another and the same happens when speaking to a neurodiverse individual. Using positive language or turning commands into questions helps to develop trust and shows a kind of patience and consideration for what your child needs to manage and what they need from you in terms of accepting their very individual coping needs. The Autistic Awareness Center explains change management so respectfully. They say coping with change and building flexibility takes time. There are many factors that impact flexibility, ranging from anxiety or stress to sensory challenges. The best way to increase flexibility is to build opportunities to practice in natural ways throughout the day. Be a good role model yourself and demonstrate how to deal with change and the unexpected. Show that changes are doable and don't ruin everything or are not such a bad thing. Sometimes the unexpected could be the most enjoyable and memorable. I've seen how challenging it can be for parents to establish an environment that can accommodate their neurodiverse child without appeasing them when they, quote, act out, which is really them trying to manage their world, to the point where behaviors become ingrained and more difficult to unlearn or replace as the child gets older. Functional living that works for your family is what is desirable and sometimes it's so overwhelming trying to figure out how to make that happen that we miss solutions that are within our reach. It might sometimes seem too large a problem, and thus it may seem that something more dramatic needs to be done or some miracle needs to be discovered when in fact, most likely what your child is desiring is some predictable structure and routines and schedules can provide that. But remember that every child is different and what works for one may not work for another. Some kids become so attached to routines that their rigidity makes it difficult to change. As stated earlier, That's why we want to build in changes on occasion. However, if you continue to struggle with rigidity, reach out to your child's team or seek other professional help, but know that help is out there for you. You only need to understand the process that works best for your child, and that is discovered through observation and trial and error until you find the right combination of strategies that can suit your child's needs and make for a happier life. I believe a good place to begin is by structuring your days. It's time now for a Tip of the Cap, your Exceptional Needs Parenting Tip. Today's tip comes from SuperHealthyKids.com. Here are 10 low-sugar snacks for your child. Hummus and veggies. Almond butter and celery. String cheese. Roasted chickpeas. This has 0 grams of sugar and an impressive 15 grams of protein per cup. Pistachios. Popcorn. Pretzels. Smoothie popsicles. Here you blend any type of no-sugar-added yogurt with whatever fruit or veggies you have on hand and pour into a popsicle molds. Next, guacamole and pita wedges, and last, avocado hummus. Get your child involved and have them help prepare the snack. Making any of these foods together not only increases the chance your child will actually eat it, but it also gives them a chance to touch, smell, and explore new foods. I'll upload an article called Low Sugar Snacks That You Can Feel Good About Serving to the resource page of my website if you're interested in learning more. Today's Good News Community Share comes from goodnewsnetwork.org. A story entitled, A Paralyzed Man Walks Again Using Device That Connects His Thoughts to His Spinal Cord, by Andrew Corbley. It's long been supposed that implants could connect prosthetics to the brain in a way that stimulates nervous system commands with electrical signals. Now, this idea is closer than ever to realization in a meaningful way. As one man paralyzed from the hips down is able to walk unsupported, even upstairs, thanks to such electrical nerve stimulation. The patient, Gert Jan Oskum, lost all movement in his legs after suffering a spinal cord injury in a motorbike accident. After using a precursor technology to gain back a little bit of mobility, Oskum enrolled in a proof-of-concept study to perhaps make further advances. Previously, he would have to lift his heel, which would trigger a series of electrical impulses in an implant in his spinal cord that would allow his legs to move. But it was clunky and impossible to navigate uneven surfaces. The stimulation before was controlling me, and now I'm controlling the stimulation, Oscom told NBC of his new equipment. Now, with an implant in his brain, when Askam thinks about moving his legs, it sends a signal to a computer he wears in a backpack that calculates how much current to send to the new pacemaker in his abdomen. It, in turn, sends a signal to the older implant in his spinal cord that prompts his legs to move in a more controllable manner. A helmet with antenna helps coordinate the signals. The scientists developing the technology and working with him detailed that he can walk around 200 meters a day and stand unassisted for around two to three minutes. Once, Ascom details, there was some painting that needed to be done, but no one was around to help him. With the new technology, he simply took his crutch and did it himself. Incredibly, after less than a year and completely unexpectedly, scientists believe the technology closed the gap in his nervous system and he can now lift himself out of a chair and even walk with the help of a crutch even when the device is turned off. The scientists are planning in the future to work with patients with paralyzed arms and hands, and even with stroke victims, as the digital bridge is a massive advancement in nervous system stimulation technology. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics new to you or close to your heart. I hope this podcast might inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, an outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children, while remembering to attend to the areas of your own mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health, enabling you to be all you hope to be for them. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at Audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Special Ed Rising, and at my website, specialadrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching, through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. If you'd like to share some of your success stories with the audience, please send them to my email. Let's show the world what's possible. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.